Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. We're on AllThingsComedy.com, too, where uh, the notes uh, don't get transferred correctly. But All Things Comedy has a golden opportunity to see some different artwork that they came up with and a bunch of other podcasts by the likes of Baron Vaughn and his ilk. There's an ilk over there. That's what's happening. I'm telling you, all things comedy. Patrick Brady will fix this audio. Mike Rickberg, Sue Co- Sarah Cohen just sang uh, the intro music. Michael sang again at the end. He composed that song, the Dork Forest song. It's available as wallpaper and uh, not the song, but it's a ringtone. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, then what happened? Oh, Vilmos fixes the website. Patrick Brady fixes the audio. Uh, my name's Jackie Cation. If you go to JackieCation.com, you can buy all kinds of merch. You can listen to the player on JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com. Though DorkForest.com is the only place that has the notes right now. And I do the notes with links to things that we talk about. And today's going to be a heck of a one, I think. There's going to be a lot of pictures stuff. So uh, very exciting. There's a donation button. Knock yourselves out, American uh, or international. What the heck? And uh, it is an opportunity to donate to the show so I can uh, continue to live in the to which I've become accustomed, which is this tract house uh, in Van Nuys. And feel free to give me a hundred bucks a year if you have a hundred bucks. And if you don't have a hundred bucks, uh, don't worry about it. Give me whatever you have or just tell everybody you know that you love the show. And come and see me live doing stand-up comedy. I'm doing stand-up comedy all summer, all probably for the rest of my life until they cart me away on some sort of hand truck. Okay, enough is enough. Let's do it right now. Sitting across from me, Joe Starr, friend of the people, Transformer dork. Yeah. Kind of and, exciting. Yeah, um, I'm pretty pumped to be here. Can yeah. I say, yeah, best intro you've ever done. Oh, this is one so? of my favorite. I think it was this very solid, super tight. It's very put together. Nice. Yeah. And less than two minutes. Nicely done. All I can think to myself is, what did I forget? What did I forget? You Could have been what? anything. It'll come. It'll all work out. Yeah. Last episode, the episode I just uh, uh, did, the Jake Johansson episode that I just edited, forgot to do any intro at all. <laughs> and uh, emailed Patrick Brady. I was like, you think we need it? And I've not heard back. <laughs> I think I mentioned his name, so I think he'll be. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. He, he'll, he's probably fine. He's and fine. Then, and Rickberg, I don't think Rickberg or Vilmos don't even listen to the show. Yeah. I mean, I think Vilmos will listen to an occasional. Everything derails now. That's it. We're off the, we're off the, we're off the yeah. grid, man. You get one. That's it. You this get one. It. And then what happens? Uh, see, I've only seen the movies Transformers, by the way. The I Michael Bay ones. Yes. I'm sorry. Those are the only things I've seen. Well, the good thing about it is that I don't have a horse in that race, so I could, with impunity, enjoy them. That's true. Yes. That's true. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a problem. I could just do it. And there were, and to be fair, there were, so that I'm not cast as a weird, um, uh, Nazi of Transformers. Right. There were moments there were, in there all were... three of those where I was like, and we're almost, and nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Just shy of a Nirvana. <laughs> Just Transformer sh- Nirvana. Just shy of a Nirvana. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Right? Oh man, that that's guy. his name. I get it. I think it. so. I pronounce yeah. it lots of different ways. Sure. Could be anything. Could be could, anything. Could be LaBeouf. I, like was... I don't know. Was he in uh, Cider House Rules or am I thinking of someone that's else? That's Toby McGuire. That's Toby McGuire. I think they look like the same guy and they both do. of them could ruin Spider Man in a minute. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I think Shia has two more expressions than Toby does. He might, he might. <laughs> That's unfortunate since Poor Cider Toby. House Rules is such a great movie. Right. That is then, uh, made wildly mediocre every time his punum is right there oh, looking man. at you from the, from the world. I used to really love him in Wonder Boys with Michael Douglas. And, yeah. And then, um, and then I just realized that that was, that's his default. That's his one thing that he's really good at is right. just being quiet and sad. I was trying, you know what that made me think? That made me think, is there anything I've liked Renee Zellweger in? Nope. That, that's fair. Not a damn thing. Didn't like Chicago. Uh, I know I'm alone. Uh, did not enjoy her in her role as the heavy girl. Oh yeah, British which, heavy girl. British yeah. heavy girl, which, uh, I believe she weighed about 120. Oh, 122. very heavy. Amazingly yeah. heavy. I, uh, I'm gonna kill her. Plus. And she was her. a plus. She was a plus size model <laughs> at that time. Uh, I don't mean to take up any of any of your time not talking about transformers yeah, okay yeah let's, let's go back let's, let's go back in time how did it all begin to robots um so uh when i was a uh, so I'm, I'm an 80s kid so all of those things 
happened. Uh, happened. And, um, Did I'm, they happen on television? Was there a cartoon that I missed? Yeah, there, yeah, there was a cartoon when I was that drunk you missed. In the 80s? Yeah, exactly. Okay, there we go. Exactly. That whole blackout, you missed a lot of cartoons. I was an adult. I didn't have to watch cartoons. <laughs> I could crawl into a bottle and just roll around. And that, that was my transformation. <laughs> yes, I transferred into a jackass on a regular basis. <laughs> I combined into a lot of mistakes. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so there was, there was the cartoon, which I, which I, I loved very much. I mostly got G.I. Joe's toys because for the most part, Transformers were very expensive. Oh yeah. Or at least, so I got like, you know, one, two a year. And okay. so I think I treasured them more as a result. Okay. And I didn't have any important ones. So I sort of had to, um, go my on, my own way on storyline and like who was in charge and oh, okay. who was fighting who. Oh, you and... didn't get like an Optimus Prime kind right, of situation? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, occasionally, you know, I would have to stand a hot wheel upright to, you know, <laughs> fill in for characters I really liked and, you know, things right. like that. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And so I think, I think the fandom has, was cemented into me the same way it was most people because of the animated movie. Okay. Which. I am should, unfamiliar with the animated movie. Oh, you movie. absolutely. It's very good, actually. You wrote um, that it's your go-to when you're not, when you're, when you're a little yeah, bummed it, out. It is my depression movie. Excellent, excellent. Um, uh, mine is The American President. Nice. That's so. a really good depression movie. <laughs> uh, my wife's is How to Train Your Dragon. She'll, oh, she, she always that is goes a good that. one. Yeah. That's a good one. But Transformers is mine. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I know every word of that movie and every word to the soundtrack. Um, Have you ever ripped just the audio? Did you know that you can just do that and then burn it on a DVD? I should do that. And just just play it in your car. Oh my God, I should do that. Just an amazing Transformers audiobook. Yeah, yeah. The best, (laughs) the best 405 experience of your life. So the amazing thing about the movie is that the entire purpose of it was to just destroy children. Basically. The animated movie. Yes. They, they basically said, Hey, we have a new toy line on the way. Kill off the old one. And so you go from having a cartoon where mm-hmm. that is fairly hokey and everyone misses each other and no one ever really gets hurt. And okay. There's only really 80s children's stakes because there's not really – there's Right. They're not raising the stakes here. This yeah. is not Miyazaki. Yeah. It's Fisher-Price oh. violence. Yes. Like there's violence, but really all it does is like uh, put a green little wood thing into a circular little wood thing. and oh. But, no, you know, no real right. – that metaphor made no sense. Yeah, I didn't get what you were, where, where you were – Where'd that come from? I have, uh, actually, I, I lifted Fisher Price from Tom Frank. Oh, okay. Uh, who, friend who, of the show. Absolute friend of the friend show. Of the show. Yeah. He, he refers to, uh, show business that doesn't really get you anywhere. It's Fisher Price show business. It's one of my favorite things I'm anyone has ever said about, yeah, just, it, but, um, but moving, you know, like things like clout scores and stuff like that. Oh, it's like, that's right, Fisher right. Price show business. Yeah, yeah. It's not real. Yeah, that's, um, you're only going to impress some 23 year old who accidentally got some power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And, and, and he, and he sort of described it as, you remember that thing in the, in the, the dentist office that just has all the wires and like the colored balls on it and you just slide the balls around until <laughs> from point A to point yeah. B. Yes, that's all that is. They're for not very bright toddlers. Exactly. Even even bright toddlers want nothing to do with that thing. They're exactly. just like that isn't even fun. And that's all things like clout scores are. Is you've just <laughs> gone, look at where I got it. Yay! All right. Where's my career? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So uh oh so no real so they go from, you know, no real violence, lots of shooting, right. but nothing's really happening as a result right, right. to literally first five minutes of this movie, most of your beloved characters don't just get shot and die, but all of a sudden uh there's smoke hissing out of their eyes as they die. You literally leave see their souls leave their bodies as they fall to the Whoa. ground lifeless. It's thirteen? It's a ama- it should have been. But in the eighties, like even Top Gun, I think, was only G actually. No, no, I, or and, PG. Right, I think it was just PG. Uh, I know that uh, not uh, sixteen candles is PG, regular PG, which should not. Yeah, no, which because now, there's, yeah. there's boobs, there's yeah. nakedy boobs uh, in the shower. I've only seen it. I only saw it on cable for many, many years, and then I was babysitting for an eleven year old girl. And I got the VHS, so this is 10 years ago anyway. I pop in the VHS and she is 11 and all of a sudden it's the shower scene with boobs. Right. She's like, what? Yeah. I was like, I did not remember that this was happening in 16 candles. And then all of a sudden she yells for her nine year old brother, cool. There's (laughs) boobs. And I was like, and And, remote. And we're in so much trouble. I will not be in charge of showing him his millionth (laughs) boob since he had HBO in his room. Right. Yeah. Cause it's LA. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Um, 
So, so all of a sudden you had this film that was so intensely violent and like, yeah. it just, so are they just, just turned into scrap metal in front of your face? Pretty much. Wow. Yeah, they just literally just all die and collapse and you go, Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, one of them, Ironhide even makes a, a heroic last stand where he tries to, I mean, he, he crawls towards Megatron cause he's already just been shot all to hell and desperately like wraps his legs or, or his arms around his legs and says, no. And Megatron just, he has that big cannon arm. Yeah. And he just puts the can, he just points it and just shoots right in his head, right in his head. Just boom. And it's, yeah, that is traumatic. Yeah. Very. And you know, hold on. When, uh, how old were you the first time you saw it? I, you know what? I have no, I, I don't remember. Did it feel too young? It must not have, because you were like, I need to see this again. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is, yeah, it is, yeah, it is stuck, but I mean, yeah, you know, just Optimus Prime eats it, and you know, Optimus Prime, that's... Uh, he's, he's the, the head of the good yeah, guys, he's isn't the, he? he's the head of the good, and he's one of the best good guys. He's like Jesus when you're, uh, you know, a right, seven right. or an eight-year-old. He's eight the year old. lion yeah. in Narnia. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> is he, does he come back? Like the lion in Narnia? <laughs> As a financial decision later in the next season. Yes. Because ratings were very low. Yes. But in terms of, but there is no Jesus parable for Optimus Prime. <laughs> they just, they just cut Aslan's oh, hair, stab him on the stone table, and he never comes back. Done and done. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so that's the movie. So then yeah, all of a sudden a, a bunch yeah. of new Transformers show up or right. they rise from They're the introduced ashes, in or? the film. Okay. Which is, the, you know, it's all to sell toys. Right. But, uh, Oh, that's another cool thing about the movie. The voice cast, phenomenal. Oh, really? It's uh, Orson Welles. What? Plays a giant planet that eats other planets named Unicron. Unicron. Uh, Leonard Nimoy plays Galvatron, who Megatron is reformatted into. What's the head of the, what, is this called Transformers? Mm-hmm. It's just called, yeah, it's just called Transformers the movie. Okay, and it's, uh, me, and it's how the best. awesome would it uh, be? It's on Instant Watch, actually. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that might be something that's happening. Uh, <laughs> go. So wait, Orson freaking Wells? And- it was his final movie. Well, and- It was his last movie. Orson thank Wells. Thank God, thank God he lived thank to God do it. it. Was- thank God he lived to do it. <laughs> uh, let's hear Judd Nelson. Okay. Uh, Eric Idle. What? Uh, yeah, Eric, uh, Eric Idle plays, uh, a robot called Retgar. Okay. Who is, um, uh, he's not technically an Autobot. He's an offshoot race called a Junkian, and they speak in TV and commercial tropes. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, man, who else? Uh, the Micro Machine Man, whose name I never remember, okay. but he's the Micro Machine Man. Fantastic. He talks very fast. Excellent. Um, that's, uh, man, what is, I don't remember his name. Right. I, yeah. Um, and, uh, people will remember, um, the uh the most important song in the soundtrack from the movie Boogie Nights mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg is in the recording studio and he sings You've Got the Touch. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that that song written for Transformers the movie. Wow, there's a fun fact. Yeah. Holy smoked, Rangers. Yeah. Uh last episode we find out that George Lucas has fucked with American graffiti and now that movie is from Transformers. What kind of world are we living in? It's a it's a world gone mad. It is. Obviously, it's a world <laughs> it's a world gone completely out of their What's happening? lizard minds. And okay, so that movie that's amazing that that was so that what movie came out in the 80s? Mm-hmm. The Transformer movie. I've 84 or 85. Okay. Okay. That was a heyday. That was when I was first handed my first bottle. Oh, there you Didn't go. Didn't have time. Didn't have time yeah, to do no, it. Understood. So, uh, and then the Japanese cartoon. Right. Head so, Masters? so, yeah. So, um, so the American cartoon wrapped up very terribly with a three part attempt to launch a new line of toys called Headmasters. And that was just robots whose heads also turned into smaller robots. Oh, that's just a, that, that's sort of that jump to, sh- to lose things. Right. It really that's, is. Or for, like, a, or for a cat to choke. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, there's sort of a jump the shark line. And the American series ends with like a three-part episode introducing those, and then they're done. The Japanese decided to just keep doing keep the show. Keep writing. They ignored that three-part and did their own thing. And that's pretty much as far as I've watched, because there's a bunch of different Japanese series. But okay. as far as I've gotten is Jap- the Japanese Headmaster show. Okay. I've tried the other ones, and they're a little too hard ridiculous to get into. and hard to get into. All right. Uh, but Headmasters, you can find it all on YouTube, has a pretty good dub. Or mm-hmm. not a dub, uh, uh, subtitles. Subtitles? 
Um, the jump is kind of fun because all of a sudden, all of the dialogue is very Japanese. And okay. Are people posing a lot? Are there a lot of people growling at each other in the air like Dragon yes, Ball Z? absolutely. Okay. There's a, there's a little bit of that, and there's a lot of uh, intense demands for people to find their fighting spirit. Oh, yeah. You know, just real good Japanese stuff. Some, some Naruto, Sasuke, it's happening. Exactly. Excellent. Exactly. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> now... So that's television. That's what's happening in TV and movies. Mm-hmm. The the toys, do you own a lot of them or do you just love to look at them online? You know, yeah, that's pretty much where I am because uh, most of the ones I had when I was a kid did not survive. Okay. And, uh, and As I've, well they shouldn't because you, yeah, you, get, yeah. you fiddle with them and fiddle with them and fiddle with them and then you break them because you exactly. played with them enough. Exactly. On, like uh, Kids that new and were able to keep things like that mint always interest me right in like a negative way i'm right, like right. wow what is, what is happening yeah yeah my father wasn't allowed to play with any of his toys and so they were all very beautiful and then he had six children who completely rampaged all oh, of his toys man. from the 30s and 40s <laughs> I'm sure he, he was, was so thrilled oh he was he yeah. could not have been more furious oh my god anyway um so so, so i don't all have your a own... lot of the toys okay um i have you tried to recol- recollect at all? Or? A little bit here and there. Um, yeah. I also don't have a lot of money. So, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll try to hit, you know, toys that I'm like, I still like that guy a lot. Still got some connection with that. I would like to have that. Right. Um, w- when we were first dating, uh, my wife, they were reissuing the original 80s toys, and my wife got okay. me a, a Thundercracker, who was one of the Decepticon Jets. Uh, oh. And I went, well, I will keep you. Right. A Decepticon. <laughs> Welcome jet. to the fold, lady. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, the wife. Yeah, the wife. Yeah, well, <laughs> I will keep both of you. I will keep both this toy and the lady but who I brought it. But I can only marry one. <laughs> uh, your, your, your joy is it is palpable and it is kind of addictive. It makes me want to care more about, about Transformers than I, I ever really have like in my life. I like robots that turn into things. Robots that turn into things are, it, it seems like a good idea. Now there are indeed, now you say then you go to comic books and role playing and porn and <laughs> prime show and. Uh, I don't know. Where do you want to go first? I don't know. You, uh, you pick. One, th- okay. So one thing I have discovered, um, uh, and and by the way, I, I will throw this to you, is right. that in terms of me doing comedy and really sort of right. supporting People my interests. Know. Wait, before well, you go into it, okay. Joe Star stand-up comic. Yeah. Right? There we go. How about at Joe Star, two one. R's, one eight seven. Yep. Joe Star one eight seven. That's that's the Twitter, Joestar.tumblr.com. All of course linked in the notes. And you have a show monthly? Yeah, at the Nerdist. At the Nerd Melt, uh, at, in the back of Meltdown Comic mm-hmm. Books. And, uh, and you're gonna have a soda. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, okay, so stand-up comics, people yeah. can see it. So I'll say this, uh, uh, I, I did Dork Forest, it's been a while now, but I, uh, I credit that Dork Forest to me going, oh, that's sort of who I am, and every move I've made since then. So thank you, Jackie. <laughs> Um, what is it? I, I credit that, that Dork Forest I did, uh, oh, this is like, I did it with Bailey DeRocher. Oh, that's it was right. A million years ago. Yeah, it was easily like a year and a half ago. I think it was just when I Possibly started. Possibly longer, doing, yeah. I think it was just after I started doing the, the, the pre-recorded, right? Yeah, I think so. Cause it was you and Bailey DeRocher sitting here and mm-hmm. it was when I, when I realized when I had two people on with different dorkdoms, Neither one of them got to talk enough. Right, yeah, and yeah, And they were like, yeah. no, no, I need to expound more about my thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I wa- and I walked out the door of your lovely home in Van Nuys, and I went, why was I just on a podcast called The Dork Forest and still trying to gauge how embarrassed I was to talk about things? Oh. What else am I doing wrong with my life? <laughs> and I fixed some things after that. You just embraced it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, good. Well, so, I'm glad so I... So none been... of those awesome things you just described that people should go and visit would even exist. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That, all right. This well, is a, all your fault. I'm a helper. Entirely your fault. Ex- yeah. I'm a helper and also a destroyer of another good citizen. Another <laughs> I good could have drone. been an attorney or something. <laughs> you could have been another um, part of the vast army of clock watchers. Well done, <laughs> sir. Uh, but, um, so, so as I kind of got back into things and sort of, um, rediscovering like the online presence of fandom, I started to realize well, A, I started to realize how big of a female fandom Transformers has, which I did not expect. Oh, a lot of, a, a lot, lot of ladies? A lot of ladies. Into the Transformers. Into the Transformers. Okay. Which I did not expect. Okay. Um, and then, 
And I guess you could say this with any fandom, but how much porn there is. Oh, uh, and probably fan fiction. And yeah. People writing, yeah. people making robots do things. Yeah. People making robots do things. Do you know that there was a guy on Eric Martin just on the program? Uh, he is rereading all of the Spider-Man, uh, okay comics that have ever been written and he is uh he's That's well heavy. yeah he's well into the 80s at this point but he is he he works up at universal city walk and he works with all the transformers oh, okay like the optimus prime the costumed oh, okay cool which i have not seen but i've been told they're incredible yeah they he showed pictures and there was a certain way that i'm supposed to put that that universal likes them to be called a certain thing but i don't know <laughs> so uh as far as i know they're just a bunch of awesome robot uh like characters right. that are up there at universal city not city walk but in the park right and he it just yeah i need to i was going to ask if you had ever seen you have so you haven't got a chance to get up there and, and be, do that right no right? and everyone has told me they're like it doesn't even matter if you don't like that michael bay stuff like that oh, the whole thing's awesome so i just <laughs> i just like haven't gotten a chance to do it yeah, yeah yeah okay so um so yeah i i can imagine that there'd be i don't know how you're going to do robot porn though how is yeah, that i don't and this because is, you're just going in straight, right? You're just going in so very forward. I need to see toys. I need to see cartoons. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it weeds off. Yeah. And uh, this is sort of a bigger thing I've noticed about geekdoms in general, but people will reappropriate what a thing actually is to sort of fit their needs a little more. Sure. If that sure. makes sense. It's well, like, like everybody does. Like Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, I really like Batman. Yeah. But what if Batman was six years old and a girl and cried all the time? <laughs> That's my Batman. And I, and, oh, okay. which is great and fine, but I, I've just never been able to click mentally with that where it's oh, like you take something. You reinvent something. They're like, yeah. I need Tarzan to actually live in the suburbs because I do. Yeah, exactly. And then he just goes to the jungle on the weekends. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so just, you know, like, so people draw like really like humanized, oh, like Transformers, Transformers. and stuff like that. And, and I'm just kind of like, hey, they have no sexuality. They're a robot. Right. And they reproduce by making another one, one would imagine, right? I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, they, uh, the current, the they... current comics have kind of started to try to answer some of Like where the soul is. Like... Where the, the, okay, so there's a current comic run that mm-hmm. IDW is doing. Is that yes. right? And it's uh, just Transformers. Right. They're the doing, they're of... doing, they're doing two books and they're both really good. One is called, um, Robots in Disguise and one is called More Than Meets the Eye. All right. Uh, which are the two slogans, and they've just sort of... Yeah. Um, Robots in Disguise is a really fun, like, political, almost like Games of Thrones. Ga- Games of Thrones? Sure, I just sounded Thrones like someone's unhit, yeah. unhip uncle. <laughs> You're watching those Thrones of Games? Are you you, you doing that thing with the, with the swords? And <laughs> with the, the, you yeah. like the... Right. So Game of... Midgets, but, but it's like Game like of that. Thrones? Yeah, it sort of has like a Game of Thrones, like, political intrigue feel. Okay. And then the other one is a bunch of... Uh, Transformers on a ship that are on a basically a big treasure hunt, and it, like a giant scavenger hunt. It's very in much space. Yeah, pretty much. Like okay. they're they're like uh, they're trying to find a thing called the Knights of Cybertron. They don't know if it exists. Uh, it's sort of a holy grail search, and it definitely it feels very much like Firefly, except people turn into vehicles. Uh, right. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's Lo- one of my favorite comics. And which one's the Firefly one? Uh, more than meets the eye. More than meets. So the, is the other one take place on the Transformer home world? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What's that like? Okay. Is it, so is it's it a actually, lot of cement? It's in, it's it's just lots of metal. Uh, yeah. But uh, something interesting that they've done with these comics, which is because pretty much with Transformers, it's always hey, there's the Autobots and there's Decepticons and they're yeah. fighting. So what they've started these comics with is uh, the idea that the war ends. Between the Decepticons and the Autobots. Yeah. So no more war. Okay. And they're playing with the idea that aside from that those are factions and not just races. And so there's lots of non-affiliateds and neutral like robots that live on this planet that have left or they're just in hiding because these people have just been, you know, scorched earthing their planet. Right, so the, so they are neither Autobots nor Decepticons. Yeah. Okay. So so this comic deals with the idea that they're like the war is over, come home, okay. and like how do we rebuild? Who's in charge? And okay. it, it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so it's it's rebuilding after the war. Essentially, that's what that story is. Yeah. And so it's personality driven. Yeah, it's very personality driven and that's sort of awesome. twists and. Um, are, is there romance? Is there romance in that? You would think. There's romance, and they're actually kind of starting to mess with that in the other book. 
in the, in more than meets on the, the ship. eye. Yeah, the idea of um, it's not like it's not uh, sexual romance, but they're sort of playing with the idea of um, you know, sort of more of like a, a Sam and Frodo sort of thing, where I'm setting myself up there right. probably for lots of those romantic jokes. But well, as we all know, uh, I'm sorry, as whatever Sam and Frodo are in the book, you're just like kiss, kiss, kiss. Yeah, <laughs> you got just <laughs> you, do it, just do just it, just do it. Sam likes you. Or just, like, um, just, just face it, Frodo. He likes you. I, I, uh, I don't think they've used this term yet, but the best thing I can come up with is like bonded pairs. Okay. Where it's okay. like, it's not like a sexual thing, but they so need there, each other to sort of exist. Cause they feel like all boys, right? All the robots in the movies are men. Yeah. There's yeah, a, there's male. a, there's a few ladies. Are there ladies in the, there's in the comics? Or? Yeah. Well, that's the, sort of the only misstep that this, I think they've taken is they tried to, I get why they did it, because why do you need robots with different genders? Like, yeah. what function does that serve? But what they did, because there's there's a there's an Autobot named RC, and she was, like, the first female Autobot. They introduced her in the Transformers, the movie. Okay. Um, And so what they did was someone, uh, uh, Decepticon uh, uh, Shockwave, who's sort of like this mad scientist, right. took a Transformer and started experimenting on the idea of gender, and... With the, 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 the Mengala of, yeah, of Transformers? Pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> That's exactly. Oh my it. gosh. <laughs> All right. That's completely it. Uh, so he starts just screwing around with like with robots to make something new. Yeah. And so, and what they get is RC, who is completely screwed up because of what has been done to her. Yeah. So a lot of fans were like, okay, hang on. The one girl and she's insane because someone made her a girl, which I get. But at the same time, I'm like, it's interesting. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. but, but, uh, you know, I get the outrage, but also like, I'm kind of like, eh, it's kind of cool. Well, I mean, it's a cool idea, but it's, it is, of course, so enormously sexist in the way oh, yeah. that you're just like, <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so she, uh, first of all, the only way that you could make a woman is to take a guy and make her crazy. That's yeah. the only way oh, you yeah. could make oh, yeah. a woman. Yeah. And just then, to feel feelings. And then, and then why do you even need to have gender, of course, in robot land? Right. Uh, even though, you know, cause now it'd be nice if there were, you know, I mean, you could just have like, so, okay, so there's bonding. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with it. I'll stop. <laughs> Keep going. There you go. <laughs> um, and I, and it's kind of like, you know, they're sort of in a position now where it's like they put out their idea and it was bold and it might not be for everybody, but they also can't backtrack on it because now right. it's such like a heated like. Yeah, and now there is one, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's just like you created a Labradoodle. Yeah. They exist now. Yeah, You're, they exist. Everyone has to deal with this. Everyone has to face it now. Everyone has to move on from everyone that Everyone has to look at a not. really tall, curly-haired <laughs> Labrador. That's what you got to face now. And so, okay, fair enough. And so, so are there more? So that was in that Netflix uh, live streaming Transformers movie, supposedly. Mm-hmm. That's yep. when she was created. Yeah, that's now, when she gets introduced, yeah. So since then, have there been more Lady... Uh, the, Lady the, robots. Or uh, is she the still original. One? The original series introduced, and this is also it's the eighties, and the the original Transformers cartoon was very sexist and racist. There's okay. An, there's an Arab country that I shit you not is called Carbamia. Oh, Carbamia! Oof. Really? It's not Ireland. Oh. <laughs> oh, there's a bomb in meat potato, and uh, all right. It's... Uh, you know, so just and and going back and because this the original series is all on Netflix too, and so I've been you know all I right. went back not too long ago and rewatched everything. Was like, oh God, guys, Car- really? <laughs> Stop oh. hitting me! Stop yeah, hitting this me! This just hurts a little. <laughs> and so they introduced a set of uh, female Transformers who are all very cool. Uh, but the idea was they were clearly the girlfriends of other, like, auto, <laughs> like, they don't, they don't delve into it enough where you have to start asking questions. Sure. But they were clearly, the purpose just, of them was to be. Right, right. They're, they're the auxiliary ladies yeah. who get together and get some sheet cake made out of oil. Yeah, and exactly. And some nuts and bolts. Excellent. And, and, it's a nice and the funny, and the, and it's the most sexist thing because the episode starts with just them and they're on Cybertron where the Autobots have been on Earth forever and ever. Okay. And they're still on Cybertron. They're still fighting the good fight. Mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. guerrilla soldiers and they're kind of badass. 
Right. But then as soon as the guys show up, they all just become idiots again. Right. Just like, oh, the men have returned. Right, right. We don't have to think anymore. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's like Odysseus's wife. She's on, she, you know, she's <laughs> like, when I finish this, uh, semi truck, then I'll marry you. Yeah. And, uh, so, but, uh, every night she undoes all of her good welding. Okay. So. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) That's the worst. Anyway, good times if you, if you really want to look at what are the lives of trucks? What are the the lives of trucks? (laughs) If only trucks were really alive, what would they say? What would they be like? Oh, they'd probably just all be really rude. Do you think? There'd be a lot of honking? A lot of honking? Yeah. All right. So, so yeah. I don't know. It's so I've only seen the movies and they were blow 'em up kind of movies. Mm-hmm. The first one was terrible, but weirdly enough, the second one was worse. Yeah. I don't understand pretty, how that It was very impressive. It was impressive because the first one I was like, well, that was exactly sort of what I thought it was going to be and yeah. cars turned into things and there was some and there was there was a choked up moment when you thought things were, you know, when you thought, yeah. you know, homeward bound where the he wasn't and coming was, back. And and then the second one just, wow. I mean, they really just they essentially dismantled their own thing yeah. and threw it away. Yeah. I, 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 with almost – I think it was like 20 minutes left in the movie. They actually got rid of the movies to that point, MacGuffin, and replaced it with a new one. If I, I can't remember what the it actual, was exactly. But right. It was so bad that the point of the movie had to be thrown away so that a new point, point? could try yeah, to be introduced really at minute 60. And it was, it was very a terrible impressive. idea. Um, you know, I just, I just saw – did you see the G.I. Joe movies? I did. I enjoy, I have, I don't have any I don't have a horse in that race either. Sure. So uh I, I don't enjoyed, really either. I enjoyed the first one. The second one was actually better. Yeah. And it was um oh but it was genuinely uncomfortable. The guys who wrote the second G.I. Joe retaliation movie mm-hmm. were the guys that wrote Zombieland. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and Zombieland had this weird it was a it had a weird subculture kind of message to the whole thing. Remember that yeah. whole Woody Harrelson yeah, exactly. You know, insanity, sort of. where you're like, what is yeah. happening? Let the anger out. and Yeah, there were yeah. some serious rage issues. And in this thing, there's like some serious left, like out of left field kind of political questions that come up. The Joes, of course, they're good guys. Yeah, man. absolutely. Yeah. The Joes, well, they get... They're on the side of right. They're on the side of right. Uh, but it's instead of like the principles of the army... It's the, it's, you're not following the army. You're not following the United States. You're not following the constitution. You're following Joe. Yeah. <laughs> it's all personalities, not principles. Yeah. It's no principles. It's a dude. You're like, Oh, it's a, I what So it's more in favor of empire than in favor of any sort of yeah, democratic it's really, yeah, republic. There, yeah. It's there's weird. little like moments that just dropped in that movie. You were like, Oh. Yeah, uh, it, it, that wasn't what I was yeah. thinking when I these were not joined subtle the, at all. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird B plot message. Yeah. Okay, way right. to way to sell some toys. Exactly. I guess. I, right, and then with all the bombs and the killings, uh, the fact that someone has a personal arsenal in their own home made me slightly uncomfortable in the yes. GHL thing. And then you realize, oh, but it's Bruce Willis, so it'll be okay. Yeah, that's, so that'll be fine. Yeah, it'll yeah, be yeah, fine. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. use his powers. He for has good. this giant. He has a tank. tank in his garage. In his garage, why yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah. And you know what? It's not just a tank. It's like, it's like a, a an SUV tank. So yeah, it's it was like, really weird. Yeah, and it was it was you know what it reminded me of? This is like year. I think this was in Florida. Like some guy was gonna lose the land that the mechanics garage that he owned was on, and yeah. there was nothing he could do about it. So he built a killdozer. Do you remember this story? No. Like this guy just armored up a bulldozer. And just made a list of targets that were involved in him losing his garage and just like, oof, went to town. Wow. And was just, and that's what that reminded me of. I was like, Bruce Willis has a killdozer. I, I do remember that the army parked a tank about 15 years ago and some guy stole it. I remember that. And it was like, what, did he just find the boop, boop, boop? Yeah. I mean, how did he get in the, how and did, did we find it? out if they got it back? No, they got it back. They always, they always get it back. I mean, you can't steal a tank. I don't when, think. Well, when I was, um, three and a half miles an hour. When I was in high school, uh, there was an A-10 Warthog. I remember this story. An A-10 Warthog what is disappeared. That? It's a, uh, army bomber, uh, disappeared. Airplane? Yeah. Okay. And it just vanished during a training run over the United States. And they never found it, or at least we never heard that they found it. 
But everyone just was sitting there like, what? Ha- why is no. this plane gone? Where is it? Who has it? And I remember uh, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. And every year for the Kentucky Derby, they do this big festival, uh, this big like fireworks display okay. with an air show. And it was like the anniversary of Waco and all this other stuff. And I remember every kid just being like scared to death that this A-10 was going to swing in as part of the air show and just <laughs> strafe the Ohio River. Everyone was just like, it's going to happen. Like, it, anyone with, you know, no logic past being right. it's It's a obviously, it was yeah. a nine-year-old, someone going, you know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, my dad told me. Yeah, we're and all in trouble. We're, we're all, all in, in a lot of trouble. This is all going to end. This is, a, this is our last hot dog, and um, <laughs> so enjoy it. Right. So you're going to go to a Transformer Con. Yes, BotCon is in San Diego this year. And when is it? It's um, it's in June. And it's a robot convention? Mm-hmm. A convention to celebrate the love of robots? Yeah, well, specifically Transformers. Oh, um, specifically Transformers. And I feel really dumb that I didn't until this year realize that the play on words for BotCon is Autobot Decepticon. Hilarious. Oh, there you go. I'm, nice um, work. Work has been yeah. a, lot, a lot of thought Someone, put into And it, it's primarily just like for toy traders and stuff like that and like toy buyers. Oh, okay. It's a toy show, toy fair. Yeah, it's pretty okay. much just a toy a uh, toy show. But like they have uh voice actors come in and I'm sure they'll like screen the movie. The kind of funny thing about Transformers is like there's only so much you can do right. at your convention. How many people is it is it open to the public? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just like, you know, like Comic-Con and and whatever you and just WonderCon go. WonderCon and all yeah. the other cons of the world. Yeah, and you know, there'll be an artist alley and Sure, I'm going know, to AnimeCon in oh, Dallas. Cool. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm going to do stand up in a live dork forest. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We've been uh we've been trying and Botcon, you listen because we've been trying to convince them that they want stand-up comedy there. Oh, which one time Tom Frank at had that stand-up show at Comic-Con in a toy booth. When I you're remember yelling that. at people as they go by, come back and listen to my Dune joke. <laughs> and he, it was like, you know, a good 60, 80 people crowded around this toy booth and watched. And he destroyed, man. Yeah. He killed. I mean, he had every reference. Comics and Comics has seen better days at conventions since then. Now they actually give us a room. Come on. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's yeah nice. you know, living in yeah, style. Yeah, exactly. Pretty sweet. Come on, people. So BotCon. So you're going to go. I'm pretty bumped about BotCon. I yeah. don't know really what to expect from it. Um, uh, from what I understand, there's a lot of cosplay. And okay. if you look online, Transformers cosplay ranges from amazing you are an Optimus Prime and you turn into a truck somehow to really creepy. Like you've used body paint to make yourself look like a thing that wants to look like Optimus Prime. And I'm not sure if you're wearing pants. So oh. like I'm, I'm just, I'm in, I have no idea what to expect. I'm pretty yeah, excited. Yeah. Probably both of those I yeah. should imagine. Yeah. yeah just that's all kind hanging of awesome. out and yeah. yeah. You know what? I love the commitment in at the, the only convention I've ever been to. I went to Comic-Con, but it was too crowded to see anything, you know? Mm -hmm. It was like being in a jungle trying to look for a tree. And uh, (laughs) it was completely sad. It really, it's completely, yeah, Yeah. it's totally like that. It's too much. But I went to Convergence, which is this science fiction convention, and it had so much, it had a, it was, Andy came with me and he was like, oh, this is a con of the old school because it was only 5,000 people. It all took place in one hotel in Minneapolis. Happens every year. No one really spoke. And well, no, it was, uh, Andy said, you know what this is? This is a party hookup con. That's what this oh. is. Cause the whole first floor of the, of the hotel, there were party rooms where all the booze was free and that you just, nice. they were different themed. There was like one for Tron. There was a, and there was a stand up comedy one, stand up records. I will go to that in a You should instant. go to that. That's awesome. And you could, and every comic in Minneapolis who was a nerd at all, you got a free ticket to come to the con. Oh, that's awesome. For the day if you performed that night. Cool. And you got free and, and stand up records. Rooms? Yeah. And part, and for, and all you had to do is tip and the, um, and Stand Up Records got it sponsored by Pabst Blue Ribbon and a Jägermeister knockoff. Ooh. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than Jägermeister except for fake Jägermeister. Yeah. Which is just, I don't know, antifreeze? <laughs> what the hell? I mean, it was, they were having the time of their lives. That's pretty awesome. And so there was so much, there was a lot of cosplay and there was a lot of costumes. And there was a costume contest and I got to judge it. I wonder if that's up yet. Because it was, uh, it was, the theme was, um, Women in science fiction or something like oh, that. And okay. so the, the winning costumes, uh, were these women who had dressed up as all of the doctors from Doctor Who. Oh, nice. But as women, 
in the period costume. Oh, cool. And then one person dressed as the phone booth. And the costumes <laughs> were amazing. See, I've only done cosplay once. What'd you do? I was Tina from Bob's Burgers. All right. And I realized... I, which I'm a comedian and making people look at me when I'm on a stage is what I do. I was incredibly uncomfortable the whole day. It was at, it was at WonderCon. Okay. And, uh. Which just happened. Did oh you- no, I'm sorry, not WonderCon. Uh, 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 Kamikaze. Oh, Kamikaze? I okay. apologize, Kamikaze, uh, for confusing you with, Where is uh, it? WonderCon. Uh, the one at the downtown LA, uh, convention center. Okay. Uh, Stanley's, uh, Kamikaze. Oh, right. And, uh, I, I, uh, I did Tina from Bob's Burgers and I lasted, Maybe two hours. Okay. And then I felt so uncomfortable being in a costume. I know Dan Mintz, uh, but I don't know, and I know Bento Box, cause Andy's working with him. Okay. But, uh, I don't, uh, I've never seen Bob's Burgers. It's good. Is it? Yeah, it's and, fun. And very silly, and, and, uh, it's, uh who's it's, Tina? What's it's Tina's appropriately character? Appropriately bizarre. Uh, she's. Is it like Adventure Time? I think so. It's, it's like Adventure Time, but like, a little a- sadder almost. <laughs> not not in like a this not isn't funny too- way, but like I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to how I'm trying okay. to describe What's the show. What's the premise right now. of Bob Bob's burgers? Is it a burger joint? Like Yeah, Bob like uh, he owns his own little independent bur- like steak and shake kind of burger joint. A success story. And, and the uh his family lives in an apartment uh above it. And oh. from there it's just really just insane and kind of dark and weird and Okay. Uh, Tina is his really awkward, uh, oldest daughter. And you dressed as her. And I, and I dressed as her. And what is her costume? Look like? Uh, uh, my wife made it for me. Uh, uh, it's, uh, she just wears like a, a light blue t-shirt. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and then she has, uh, like shoulder length black hair with a yellow beret and really thick black glasses and a navy blue, uh, skirt and okay. chucks. Oh, and, and uh, yeah, and uh, and that's it. Yeah, all right. I mean, you know, not the most complicated thing in the world, but I was intensely uncomfortable <laughs> for those two part, hours. Yeah, of taking part. And I was like, ah, this is not for me. <laughs> right. I uh, um, I have an Amelia Air hat. Uh, it's essentially nice. an Amelia Earhart hat and I goggles like that. that I got over at the California Adventure. And I have only worn them out once and not at a convention. I wore them outside a hipster coffee shop here in Los Angeles okay. to see if anyone would look at me. And I did How'd get, that go? Uh, went pretty good. I live tweeted it. It was pretty fun, uh, because what, what would happen is I get the hairy eyeball from like people who were not wearing something weird. They were wearing something that they thought was okay, like man capris. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, isn't yeah. all right. Uh, you can't make fun of me. You're wearing man capris. Yeah, you... I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a period piece. I'm like... wearing, I'm wearing my my costume outfit. You're wearing a top hat. So yeah. we're, we're both dressed ridiculously. And you mean that top hat, right? With every you... fiber of your body. And I can mean my Amelia Air hat as yeah. much as I want to. I, I do love the Amelia Air hat. I wish I could wear it more often. <laughs> I'm gonna say this. I want you to just say Amelia Earhart as many more times in this recording as you possibly can. Amelia Earhart's pretty fun. And, uh, I did, I did like it. Uh, I lent it to a kid and the kid was like, I don't want to give this back to you. And I was like, I know you don't. You gotta, you gotta yeah. give it back. You're going to give that, yeah. yeah it's You're mine. giving that back. It's mine, buddy. Yeah. And, uh, and I posed in front of the, cause you know, Amelia Earhart is from North Hollywood, uh, California. Oh yeah, that's why we have a library named after her. That's right, on Magnolia and Tahunga with a statue of her. Yeah, my, see, my, I live next to it. Uh, see, my jaded self figured we named it that because someone nearby had made a movie about her. Right, cause yeah. it's Hollywood. S- starring, uh, Will Smith's daughter. <laughs> she'd be an excellent Amelia Earhart. I think she'd be really good. She'd do a really yeah. good job. Bang up. Alright. What else? Let's do this. Oh my gosh. All right. So you said, um, cause what I usually do is I talk, I ask people what they're reading, you know? Okay. And, um, and so we could talk more Transformers. You got anything? Yeah. Um, uh, I have a picture that, of my yeah. nephew, what? um, with his Transformer. It's, you see that three? No. The, uh, uh, on the wall. Am I going the wrong way? On the wall, there's three pictures stacked okay, I up. I see it. I got it. The bottom one has my nephew, young Paul Boyer. With his, uh, it was a lizard transformer awesome. that, uh, that he, I don't know if it was a beast thing or what. It's probably a beast thing. Right. He, that was his favorite one. That was a, that's a weird online one too with Transformers Beast Wars is the, uh, the, the furry community really gets Oh, they them. like to dress yeah, up that, as the beasties? I guess beasties that was their, their could... nice window. So they can turn into robots, but they also turn into animals or bugs or something? Yeah. So, okay. So the deal with, we, let's talk Beast Wars. Okay. Um, 
which is really good, actually. I really like Beast Wars, also a Netflix instant. Mm-hmm. So the idea with Beast Wars is that it takes place way in the future from Transformers. And eventually... I would have gone past. Yeah. Way in the future, not Land of Lost. We're going so yeah, far in the going, future. That's we're ridiculous. back to bugs and yeah. stuff. Okay. So the idea is, um, and they're not necessarily uh, all animals and stuff on Cybertron, but they have gotten much smaller to be more efficient, to be more energy oh, okay. efficient. Um, as a result of that, if energy fields and stuff on a planet are too strong, then that hurts them and messes up their internal systems. Uh-huh. So these guys end up on a prehistoric planet. And uh, they have to sort of wrap themselves in sort of an atmospheric-appropriate skin. So, you know, like animal fur and skin to sort of keep their uh, their system shielded and okay. So that's oh, the premise. The premise is that they're actually wrapped in skin of some sort? That an organic much, man? Yeah, yeah, like if you want to get real sort of creepy and... Realistic about it. Yeah, they're, they're. It would have to be, they, they're, so they're half organic, so they're more cyborgy. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, they've replicated like these, uh, these organic shells. Okay. Uh, to turn into. And so, like, they can spend a limited amount of time as robots on this planet. Okay. But then eventually, um, just energy fields and stuff like that start to get to them and they'll, they'll, they're, they'll go into stasis lock. They'll lock up and become useless. Oh, weird. Uh, okay. so they have to trans. So that was kind of an interesting thing with the show is that they gave a why for transforming, which transformers never really addressed. Yeah. Like why, 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 why yeah. would you want to be, why would you ever want to be a vehicle? Yeah. I suppose. I mean, some animals can run on two feet or four feet. Right. So maybe that's the only reason. Yeah. yeah. So, so they gave a good why. Okay. Because you'll die if you don't. Right. Um, now, of course, they probably could have just wrapped, just still been robots, and, but and then just wrapped themselves in skin like a Terminator, but right. whatever. Dinosaurs are neat. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the cool thing about that show was I was watching that in high school. And I think like a season or two into it, they gave this really cool twist that these guys had in fact not landed on a random prehistoric planet, but they had landed uh, – okay, so sorry to back up. Original Transformers uh, crash-landed on Earth into a volcano, Mount St. Helen, oh, and weird. just laid there dormant. In 1984? Well, uh, <laughs> prehistoric Earth they crashed. Oh, okay. And then laid there dormant until the volcano erupted in 84. Right. And uh, and then they all woke up. Um so the twist with Beast Wars is that they crash landed. They went through like some kind of weird like wormhole mm-hmm. and crash landed mm-hmm. after the, the Autobots first, and Decepticons yeah. did. So their stuff is going on while the others are dormant. Oh, so they 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 lived and yeah. did not. Okay, so, so they landed on Earth in prehistoric times, but not didn't realize didn't it go at into first. didn't go into stasis. They yeah. lived it out. Yeah. Okay. So, so then that show becomes the bad guys are like, if we can get access to everyone that's lying dormant, we can change the past. Oh, oh, because they went through a time portal. Yeah. Okay. So that we can fix the future so that we'll come out dominant. And, uh, so that's what that show sort of turned into. And like the first time that they landed that on us, yeah. I like screamed like a child. <laughs> Because like, it was this great, is the coolest thing. Yeah, oh, it was so cool, and it was just like what, and it completely blindsided you, and it wasn't something that you expected a children's show to do. Because in the case of Beastmasters, again, there's good guys and bad guys, right? Okay, yeah. Instead of Autobots and Decepticons, they were Maximals and Predacons. Okay, and they um they even justified the name the the names of factions and stuff like that and it was you know it was really impre- like it's it's not it's not something something that was meant to sell you toys needed to do yeah so it was nice that the writers threw you all these bones right right they were just like, like we're going to actually do a story a little bit yeah here. it was like hey loyal fans that watch yeah. from the old thing like here you go. Here here's you a go. Little, here's a little something for you yeah and just make sure your kid buys this elephant that turns <laughs> into a robot yeah yeah that is great it's uh i like I like that there are stories. And then did you make up your own stories with your guys? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Cause I had, I had like eight Transformers. Okay. So, um, and this actually made me sad when one day I was like, Oh yeah, I wonder what that guy's real deal was. I had an Autobot that turned into a two headed dragon. He was silver and black and white and he had like a little button on his back. And if you pushed it, spark shot out of his chest because sure, why not? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a great idea. Great. That's great. Yeah. That's a fantastic that's idea for a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, come on, ants. And, um, 
And that guy was by far my coolest looking good guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made up some, you know, uh, Autobot leaders all have to have Is, Imus and Prime in their name. Okay. Uh, Optimus Prime is the original. And then in the movie, he's killed off and replaced with Rodimus Prime. And so I think I just, my nine-year-old self was like, you're Dragimus Prime because oh, you're good. a dragon. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it makes sense. And I was like, okay, so what was that guy's deal really? Because he was badass. Right. And uh, so I looked him up and then the actual character, his name was Double Cross. And he was completely worthless. Like, the idea is that he had a personality in each of his dragon heads, and they didn't get along, and so he was worthless as a... Oh, so he was comic relief of some sort? Total comic relief. Oh, bummer. You know, they all have stats on the back, you know, with like, this is your strength and your intelligence, and his courage was like zero. And I was oh, like, man. this is not the dragon I grew up with. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and for a second, I when you said double cross, I was like... Green Power Ranger. Nope. Oh, no. That would have been awesome, too. Just some guy who couldn't pick a lane. Yeah. You know? How about that? They had guys like that. Oh, yeah? Uh, Yeah, they they were like spies. Uh, uh, One of them was... um, God, I I just completely blanked on the spy characters. Uh, Cross and Double Cross? No, because Double Cross is a dragon. Uh... Wow, guys, I'm I completely just disappointed. We'll find everyone. it. We'll put it yeah. in the notes. We'll put it in the notes. Somebody's yelling right now, going, "His name was Elephantitis, <laughs> Elephantitis Maximus." You're an idiot, Joe Star. <laughs> Joe Star, an idiot, I say. No, no, no one's saying that. Safe space. You get to not know. Are you kidding me? Last episode, we, it was uh, Chris Gore was talking about something, and I said, "Why don't you pretend I don't know anything about what you're talking about?" And uh, and he didn't even get that I didn't know anything about what he was talking. Nice. About sadly, so you just put on the Amelia Air hat and sat on back, and sat back and let and coasted. That's it. <laughs> sat in a boat of gravy, as Maria Bamford would say, and had gravy poured over myself. <laughs> uh, who doesn't want to live in a gravy boat with gravy in it? But the uh, I uh, and now I need to. Unless you wanna, unless you wanna do it, you wanna go somewhere. You wanna go somewhere transformer wise because you're reading you. Saga, man. Yes. Saga is so great. Saga is, is amazing. Brian K. Vaughn, right? Yep. Yep. And I am reading it as well. And it is, is that Image? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's Image. Uh, I actually got my wife Published into it too. Image. Like she loves it. That's because it's awesome. And There's I'm, no reason I'm not so to. intense. Like that's the best thing I can say about that comic is that my wife, who is not an unnerd, she, you know, she, uh, she was big into ElfQuest growing up and okay. she, she likes Wendy nerdy Peeny. things. Yep. Uh, Wendy and Richard. And, um, uh, but she doesn't have, she's not like, she's not like an actively intense dork like I am. Okay. And she she's loves not that comic. For new, she's not looking for new dorkdoms yeah, out there. Yeah, exactly. Trolling, yeah. trolling the waters. Yeah. Yeah. She's it's, not, she's not on the okay Cupid for doing, you know, <laughs> looking for a new like, thing to love. Looking for a new thing to, to love. Yeah. To worthlessly love. <laughs> right. To fill that hole, which for some reason remains. And, but I, I have to say Saga, it's just, you know, it's, it's, I was reading it the other day, the new one that came out, and I was like, you know, this story has been told so many times. You know, it's just about two warring factions of Mm -hmm. two different species, and it all takes place in space, and they fall in love, and it's Romeo and Juliet, it's the, it's the forbidden love thing, it's a war over, you know, it's an anti-war thing, it's got all these things that we've seen a bajillion times, but they nail it. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know if it's just a matter of him saying like, hey guys, I'm BKV. No one is ever allowed to tell me no ever again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. Which and, usually I don't like. Cause I, I actually, as of uh, creatively, I like boundaries. I feel like they're helpful a lot of the time. Yes. An like, editor would to, have been very helpful. Yeah, JK Rowling. Yeah. Uh, exactly. To seven. me, it's the difference between like, uh, uh, Invader Zim, I think, is very funny because Nickelodeon was like, you can't do that, you can't do that. Whereas his comics, like Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, it's like, we get it. Oh right. my God, we get it. We get it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so sometimes I like, so I don't know what the editor Figure out a way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when, when there is an editor and you really want to do something, you figure out a way to do it that gets past the editor. Exactly. That's, and it exactly. makes it slightly more creative. Exactly. So that, I mean, that does, and it is nice though. Because I mean, he's not abusing his power at all no. in this situation. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not that bad. I like it a lot. Yeah, and then because this, this is my first, um, I didn't read why. I'm always well, you never told read that why I, the last yeah, man. I'm always okay. told I should, and it's just one of those where it's like it's Doctor Who for me, where I'm like, I'm going to need a big chunk of time to right, burn and through a why. library through. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and quite honestly, I don't know why why he ended it the way he did or yeah. why he ended it so quickly. 
I think it, he thought it was going to be a TV show, very Walking Dead kind of TV right. show, and then it didn't sell, and he got mad. Yeah. That's what it felt like in the comic. But I'll tell you, the first, I don't know, like, 40 issues are, are amazing. Fantastic. Yeah. I had read Pride of Baghdad. I have never been able to get through it because it was too sad. <laughs> Good God, it's the saddest thing. <laughs> Pride of Baghdad is about the zoo in Baghdad after the, uh, after the American Blitzkrieg and, uh, in 2003. Yeah. And, and essentially it anthropomorphizes all the animals, right? The, yeah, uh, pretty the much. Lions. Yeah, it's about this pride of lions that are just, and it's a true story. You know, they were loose in Baghdad, this pride. And... Except for that they weren't able to talk. Yeah, ex- yeah, they weren't they're, able to talk. They're shy of their Which were... consistently disappoints me about animals. <laughs> But yeah, just the yes. saddest goddamn book. Yeah, it's, just brutal. It's brutal, crushing. brutal, brutal. And then, didn't he do Ex Machina? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, he did that. And I loved Ex Machina, even though it was a mess. Uh, in the last, it came together, it nailed it in the end, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. But there's a while where you're kind of like, Are yeah, there was about a year of kind of like, uh, do you know where you're going? Cause yeah. we're just following you blindly into the wilderness of Ex Machina. Yeah, like 70% and, of Wheel of Time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> not, like, a, not a chance. Get not it a done, chance. Robert. Of, yeah, no. Well, Robert, feel free to die 14 books earlier. <laughs> and, uh, jackassery. That's me. I couldn't, I couldn't get into Wheel of Time, folks. Those of you who love Wheel of Time, I I apologize. I slaved uh, through because I didn't know that Game of Thrones existed yet, and uh, I have yet to read the most recent book that came out. I think I just never finished. Did you read that uh, Name of the Wind, Patrick Patrick Rothfuss? Mm-mm. Uh, it's amazing. I understand uh, the next book is good, but I haven't. I didn't know that he wasn't done with the trilogy. Oh, it's a trilogy. Okay, and uh, they and always I, are. Yeah, I also uh, there was a throne book I just read that was pretty amazing. This uh, this Mistborn series is amazing. That you said you just finished. Yeah, the well, I, I I finished the trilogy. And uh, have you read those? I have. Okay, I, have I, read I them. love them. I, Brandon yeah. Sanderson. I, I discovered Brandon Sanderson because he picked up Wheel of Time after Robert Jordan yes. died. Yes, and, and they are my favorite Wheel of Time books, which I feel so horrible. That's what about my brother saying. Phil says. But he's like, oh, Brandon Sanderson's such a better writer than Robert Jordan. Yeah, he just yeah. Gets a, uh, you will like yeah. Elantris then. Elantris okay, yeah. is, uh, is beautifully one book. Yeah, that's his, the his whole, one book. Yeah, that's the, that's his, his first book yeah. edit. And then he started another series. Which is longer than God. Yeah, which I didn't start and was just like, there's no way. There, um, keep talking. I'm going to go grab that throne book. I'll be right back. Thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, um, uh, Mistborn's fantastic. Uh, it has a really great, uh, strong female character. Um, and, uh, he he just he takes like some very uh standard story tropes and just starts turning them on their head and i'm now reading um it's not supposed to be the next trilogy in mistborn it's sort of a standalone until he does the next trilogy set in the mistborn world called the alloy of law and, and so far set, it's really is, cool too is there any mist there's still mist this is set like uh, a lot of time has gone by, and this is almost like the Downton Abbey era of the <laughs> world that Mistborn set in. Excellent. And it's really kind of cool to see how technology has advanced with all this this uh, metal-based magic system and right. stuff like that. It's really neat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. This one uh, was given to me, um, was sent to me actually by, I think, Bob Calhoun, who was a con dork who was on the show a while back. He okay. sent me this book by Saladin Ahmed. And it's the, I did not know it was a trilogy as well. It is the first of the trilogy, but it is great. Throne, Throne of, of the, the Crescent, Crescent Moon. Moon. Okay. And it is, um, Arabic. <laughs> this is the most NPR review I've ever read. What is it? Come for the sword fighting, but stay for the humane message at the heart of this terrific <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> Next on all things considered. <laughs> I don't believe I read that because that, oh my gosh, that is unfortunate. It's, uh. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm excited to read this. this yeah, is- that's, uh, the, it's, it's really, really well done and it's very interesting and kind of, it, it's got, it's got both, it's, it's San, it's Brandon Sanderson, but it's also Terry Pratchett. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so it's got a little bit of like that it's, silly. It's, uh, sort of got an Arabia feel to it, which is cool. Right. It's no George Alec Effinger. I'll tell you that. Okay. Have you read that series? No. The, uh, When Gravity Fails? No, I have not. When Gravity Fails is, should be made into a movie. And okay. it is essentially, um, about, it's noir set in the red light district of a futuristic, Mumbai. I'm in. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah, that is, it's Blade Runner where you can chip in and get somebody else's personality and just sort of play it like cool. a Holovid. Yeah. And uh Holovid. And then um so 
when gravity fails is about essentially um, a hard-boiled detective. Somebody chips in Jack the Ripper, and then he chips in uh, James Bond, and he ke- and he's ke- he's a mass murderer, and he's killing everybody. Oh, wow. And so that's kind of rad. So, so the the detective guy is hired to or blackmailed to uh, find the <laughs> bad guy. And, okay. and it's an amazing book. It's when gravity fails. And I've tried to read other George Alec Effinger and there is a trilogy and the whole trilogy is good. Okay. And he's dead, George Alec Effinger. Uh, but Sorry, he George. finished. So Not you gotta good. love Yeah. Me. And that's what, um, <laughs> thank you. You George. might, you, you might know this actually. What's Has there been like an, uh, a fantasy, uh, series set in sort of like a fantastical like Africa with like, African lore. Like a, not a North Africa, but like a, like a yeah. full on, let's go into the jungle and, yeah. and with, with, with tribesmen let, who are living take off the land. Those folklores and those magics and do something with that. Is I've that that new game in Anastasi? <laughs> it's, uh, I guess, I don't know. Not really. But, uh, you know what? That is an excellent question for the likes of one Todd Mason listener yeah. out there. And anybody, <laughs> any, any of the, any of the Rangers of the Dork Forest who might know that one, that's Cause a good I one. would read that. Yeah, that sounds yeah. amazing. Joe Starr, it has been one hour. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been so great. Everybody, it's Joe Starr187 is his Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Joe Starr with two R's dot Tumblr dot com and the Joe Starr show is monthly at the Nerd Melt, and the next show is May 9th. May 9th. There you go. Thanks for being on the show, man. Thank you so much. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance, and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?